Chapter 1 What determined the speech that startled him in the course of their encounter scarcely matters, being probably but some words spoken by himself quite without intention, spoken as they lingered and slowly moved together after their renewal of acquaintance. He had been conveyed by friends an hour or two before to the house at which he was staying. The party of visitors at the other house of whom he was one, and thanks to whom it was his theory as always that he was lost in the crowd, had been invited over to luncheon. There had been after luncheon much dispersal, all in the interest of the original motive, a view of Wetherand itself and the fine things, intrinsic features, pictures, heirlooms, treasures of all the arts that make the place almost famous, and the great rooms were so numerous that guests could wander at their will, hang back from the principal group, and in cases where they took such matters with the last seriousness, give themselves up to mysterious appreciations and measurements. There were persons to be observed, singly or in couples, bending toward objects in out-of-the-way corners with their hands on their knees and their heads nodding quite as with the emphasis of an excited sense of smell. When they were two, they either mingled their sounds of ecstasy or melted into silences of even deeper import, so that there were aspects of the occasion that gave it for Marcher much the air of the look-round, previous to a sale highly advertised, that excites or quenches as may be the dream of acquisition. The dream of acquisition at Wetherand would have had to be wild indeed, and John Marcher found himself among such suggestions, disconcerted almost equally by the presence of those who knew too much, and by that of those who knew nothing. The great rooms caused so much poetry and history to press upon him that he needed some straying apart to feel in proper relation with them, though this impulse was not as happened, like the gloating of some of his companions, to be compared to the movements of a dog sniffing a cupboard. It had an issue promptly enough in a direction that was not to have been calculated. It led briefly in the course of the October afternoon to his closer meeting with May Bartram, whose face, a reminder, yet not quite a remembrance, as they sat much separated at a very long table, had begun merely by troubling him rather pleasantly. It affected him as the sequel of something of which he had lost the beginning. He knew it, and for the time quite welcomed it as a continuation— but didn't know what it continued, which was an interest or an amusement the greater as he was also somehow aware, yet without a direct sign from her, that the young woman herself hadn't lost the thread. She hadn't lost it, but she wouldn't give it back to him, he saw, without some putting forth of his hand for it. And he not only saw that, but saw several things more, things odd enough in the light of the fact that at the moment some accident of grouping brought them face to face, he was still merely fumbling with the idea that any contact between them in the past would have had no importance. If it had had no importance, he scarcely knew why his actual impression of her should seem to have so much. The answer to which, however, was that in such a life as they all appeared to be leading for the moment, one could but take things as they came. He was satisfied, without in the least being able to say why, that this young lady might roughly have ranked in the house as a poor relation, satisfied also that she was not there on a brief visit, but was more or less a part of the establishment, almost a working, a remunerated part. Didn't she enjoy at periods a protection that she paid for by helping, among other services, to show the place and explain it, deal with the tiresome people, answer questions about the dates of the building, the styles of the furniture, the authorship of the pictures— the favorite haunts of the ghost. It wasn't that she looked as if you could have given her shillings. It was impossible to look less so. Yet when she finally drifted toward him, distinctly handsome, though ever so much older, older than when he'd seen her before, 
It might have been as an effect of her guessing that he had, within a couple of hours, devoted more imagination to her than to all the others put together, and had thereby penetrated to a kind of truth that the others were too stupid for. She was there on harder terms than anyone. She was there as a consequence of things suffered, one way and another in the interval of years, and she remembered him very much as she was remembered, only a good deal better. By the time they had left...